Welcome to the podcast for New Philadelphia Nazarene. We're so glad you chose to join us today, and we hope that today's message will be an encouragement to you in your walk with the Lord. For more information about the ministries of New Philadelphia Nazarene, please visit us on the web at www.npnaz.org. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Again, we hope today's message is an encouragement for you, and we hope to connect with you in the future. God bless. This, uh, this weekend, my wife has been away on a girls' weekend with some friends down south, and uh, it's been a much-needed time of respite for her. Uh, it's a little funny to me because apparently there are some people, some of you here this morning, did not believe I can manage five children on my own. Uh, I am happy to report, however, that all five of them are here. Uh, they're breathing. They are wearing matching clothing. Uh, we've had baths. We ate well. We even managed to have some fun. We got our chores finished. All in all, it's been a pretty good weekend for us uh, as well. And I got to thinking about this yesterday afternoon because I, I really cannot and I, and I will not take sole credit uh, for the success that we've had. Uh, I, in fact, I have to give credit where it is due. Uh, in our family, partially due to the size of our family, if you don't know, we have five uh, children in our family. Uh, because of that, there are no free rides, all right? Uh, everybody has a job. Everybody has a responsibility in our family. My oldest, Tyler, now he has a job, and he's working uh, throughout the week, and so he has to be gone much of the time. My daughter, Grace, uh, she kind of steps in, and she fills uh, the role of helper, and when mom's not around, she's kind of a mom to our little guys, and she does an awesome job. Even Sam, my nine-year-old, is a pretty good helper on the house. He changes diapers, he uh, takes out the trash, he vacuums, he picks up toys, and when Tyler comes home, he helps with, with yard work, he helps to take care of the boys, and he and Grace, is do, he and Grace do our dishes every night. Um, if you need, if you're looking to hire, um, you just have to be willing to listen to them sing uh, at the top of their lungs for about an hour. It's a team effort, really, to achieve success in our house. It has to be. It cannot rest on just one person. Uh, it probably would not get done if it rested on just one person, at least not correctly or perhaps on time. Each person plays a role, and each person is very important. They are valuable, and I, for one, am very thankful for them. The manner in which we are able to function as a family is not because we're any better than anybody else, because we certainly are not. Uh, we have all kinds of issues, <laughs> and if you've, if you've developed this picture in your mind that there's some sort of a utopian environment happening over on that side of town, let me just scratch that picture right out of your head right now, all right? It is usually chaos. Uh, there's fighting, and there's crying, and there's punishment, and there's exasperation. There are times when, as Janice has done this weekend, you just need to get away. You just need to breathe for a moment. And I would bet that most of you who have had kids or have been a part of a family can relate. I, I, I remember we recently had a teenager over to our house. She's a part of this church. She's not here right now, but she had come in our door, and she hadn't been there for but a few minutes, and she turned and asked one of us, is it like this all the time? Yes, 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 it's like this all the time. But it works. It works 
because we are bound together as a family by a common goal of living together as a family and operating as a unit. We love each other. We recognize each other's strengths and our weaknesses. It's the only way it works. Now, last week I started talking about this idea of being bound together. And we used Paul's writing from the book of Ephesians chapter 4 as the backdrop for our discussion. If you remember, Paul was talking about being united and he shared this important gospel truth. You have been called by God. You have been called into a submitted and committed relationship with Jesus Christ. And I call that a gospel truth because it is one of the fundamental truths that apply to each and every one of our lives. It is true for me and it is true for you. It's important that we consider both submitted and committed because each are important to our walk with Jesus. We submit to his lordship in our lives, and we submit to his authority in our lives, and we are committed to to living obediently to God's will and desire for our lives. So as a result of that gospel truth, when we respond to that particular gospel truth with submission and commitment, Paul tells us in Ephesians 4 that it produces some gospel living characteristics, humility, patience, gentleness, and love. And I told you last week that it was going to be a two-part message, and so here it is, the the second part of this same message, talking about being bound together. After Paul talks about the call of God on each one of our lives and what it produces in us, he continues uh, talking about this idea of being bound together, being united. So look with me at Ephesians chapter 4, starting with verse 11, to see what Paul says. He says, now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Would you pray with me? Father, we receive your word today. It is truth. It is life. And may it speak into our hearts right now as we listen to this teaching. God, I pray that we would be open to hear what you have to say to us today. God, I pray that you would speak through me in spite of myself and use this moment to glorify your name. In Jesus' name, amen. Jesus has given you a gift. Jesus has given you a gift. Now, I love to to give and receive gifts. 
I'm not going to lie, I love Christmas time. I love seeing the eyes of my children light up as they anticipate and receive what has been given to them. I love to get things for my wife. In fact, I have a really hard time waiting to give her the gift until it's the right time. Once I have that gift in my possession, I want so badly to give it to her right away. And I love to receive gifts, especially from my wife. She has this way of knowing just the right thing to get for me. It's because she listens and she watches. I'll mention something sometime just off the cuff and, and for my birthday or for Father's Day or for Christmas, there it is, something I'd mentioned two, three, four, five, six months ago. And she goes, well, do you remember when you said this? Ah, yes, thank you so much. My wife knows me well. But do you know who knows me better? Insert Sunday school answer, Jesus. Amen. Jesus knows me better. I don't know if anyone has ever given you a gift and you open up and you go, oh, thanks. Yeah, that's perfect. That, man, wow. That person probably didn't know you. Or maybe they didn't even time, take the time to think about what you might like or what you might need or want. Jesus knows you. He knows you better than you know yourself. And he has given you a gift. Now in Ephesians 4, Paul lists five very specific gifts. And they are apostle, prophet, evangelist, shepherd or pastor, and teacher. Now, I could preach an entirely different sermon series just talking about these five gifts that Paul has given, but I'm not going to focus on that. I want to focus in on one thing in particular. Look with me at verse 11 of Ephesians chapter 4. Paul says this, these are the gifts Christ gave to the church. These are the gifts that Christ gave to the church. Now, who is the church? We are the church. You are the church. I am the church. Paul is not saying here, these are the gifts that God gave to some people in the church. Or these are the gifts that God gave to men and women who choose to go to seminary. Paul did not say, these are the gifts that God has given to those who will lead the church. He says, these are the gifts Christ gave to the church. I wonder, do you know which gift you have received. Do you know what gift Jesus, who knows you better than your spouse, who knows you better than you know yourself, he knows exactly what you need, he knows exactly how you're wired, he knows exactly what makes you tick, he knows exactly the resources and the abilities that you have been blessed with. Do you know what gift he has given you? Because you have a gift. Now the list that we see here in chapter 4 is not an exhaustive list. If we look at more of Paul's writing, we'll find other places where he lists gifts that are given by God to the church. But it doesn't change the importance of what I want us to see from Paul right here in this moment. You have been given a gift for a reason. You see, Jesus' gifts are for the purpose of equipping and building the church. Paul says it very quick, very clearly. Their job, those who have been given gifts, that's you, have received those gifts for the purpose of equipping God's people, 
doing his work and building up the church, which is the body of Christ. You see, unlike the vast majority of gifts that you will receive, maybe on your birthday and at Christmas time, which have a limited value, and they usually only last for a season, the gifts that Jesus has given you have an eternal purpose and an eternal value, both for right now and, and for what is to come. My wife gave me this knife here several years ago. It's a good knife. It's got more than a blade. It's actually got a little attachment here where I can, I can put in a, a, a bit for a screwdriver and I can use it for a screwdriver. There's a measuring thing on there too. How fancy is that? I didn't notice that. It's a great little knife. I like it a lot. It's because she was listening. She was watching. I carry it with me pretty much all the time and I use it for all sorts of things that you'd use a knife for and I can always fix something if it's a flathead or a Phillips. I got the parts right there. But this knife, just like a lot of the knives that I've owned over the years will eventually wear out or it'll eventually break or maybe I'll find something better that I like more or I'll lose it. But the gifts that Jesus has given us, they are in empowering gifts and they are gifts that do not fade. They do not lose their usefulness and they tie into the mission that we have been called to live in. Each one of these gifts are important. They are, they are vital. They are intimately tied into the workings of the church of Jesus Christ. They are for the purpose of equipping the church. Equipping it for the task at hand to be able to step up to the challenges that we are facing right now in this world. Like literally right now in this world. They are given for the purpose of doing the work of God in his broken world. You see, when God created Adam and Eve and he placed them in his creation and he said, here, this is yours. This is under your care. You have a responsibility now to do what I have created you to do. They are given for the purpose of building up the church of Jesus Christ. Because in the end, when it's all said and done, Jesus is returning for a victorious church. He is returning for those who have received the gifts that he has so richly blessed us with and then put them to work as he has called us to do. This gospel truth is life-altering, really, for the person who will maybe have never heard this before because it tells them you have a purpose. The gospel truth, when embraced and made a part of our lives, it produces something. Like every gospel truth that we find throughout all of Scripture, this gospel truth produces something that we can point to. And Paul gives us those beginning with verse 14. First, Paul says that we are living in our own responsibility, we are living in our responsibility with the gifts we have been given. We will see this. We will see mature Christianity. You have to look at verse 14 to get the full picture. He says, then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever that they sound like truth. You see, Paul says that, that Christianity is not tossed about by every new teaching that comes out. 
Hmm. It says that mature Christianity is not easily influenced when clever people are trying to trick you with lies. Hmm. If there's one thing that is needed right now and is often not being demonstrated by the church, it is mature Christianity. Paul says it right there, mature Christianity is firmly rooted in the truth and the power of the word of God. It is not lured in by every new idea, every different teaching and method. Mature Christianity is not influenced by people who are just trying to trick you, who are using deceit to make you believe one thing or another. You see, church, the application for us in this particular season of our lives is quite rich because there are so many voices out there, so many ideas out there, so many opinions out there, and much of it comes from people who call themselves followers of Jesus Christ. We who are to be mature in our faith, we who are to be firm in our understanding of who God is and what he has for us, we who are to be wise and discerning enough not to be sucked into a web of lies and trickery are often the ones that are pushing these agendas. There are a lot of things that I do not know. There are a lot of questions I have about what is happening in our world right now. There are many things that that are unclear to me in, in regard to the reality that you and I are living in today. But one thing is for sure for me. I stand firmly planted on the foundation that is the truth of Jesus Christ, who is alive in me, who is transforming me, and who is perfecting me. Paul writes in Hebrews about mature faith, and he says this, Hebrews chapter 5, he says, you have been believers so long now that you, you ought to be teaching others. Instead, you need someone to teach you again the basic things about God's word. You are like babies who need milk and cannot eat solid food. For someone who lives on milk is still an infant and doesn't know how to do what is right. Solid food, Paul says, is for those who are mature, who through training have the skill to recognize the difference between right and wrong. Church, mature faith is developed when each of us is living in and living out the gifts that Jesus has given us. The second thing Paul speaks to is speaking the truth in love. Specifically, having the strength to speak the truth in love. Look with me at verse 15. He says this, Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of the body, the church. When I think about speaking in love, I think about the incredible need for Christians to be able to speak truth without a tone of judgment or condemnation. That's what Paul is talking about when he says we are to speak truth in love. You see, too often the truth that we attempt to communicate is done from a lofty tower. It's done from a place of of, of our perceived spiritual maturity. In other words, I know what I'm talking about and the rest of you are just wrong. 
We can just simply look at the life and teachings of Jesus to see how off base this is. Jesus taught, yes. Jesus corrected, yes. Jesus even admonished, but everything that Jesus taught, every correction that Jesus gave, every word of admonishment that Jesus spoke was so incredibly bathed in his unspoken but obvious love for people that when Jesus spoke, it changed lives. When Jesus spoke, walls came down in people's hearts and in their minds to receive everything that he had to give to them. Can you imagine with me, church, what would happen if we really began to speak truth in love? Can you imagine the impact that could be made if instead of judging the sin, we would just love the sinner? What kind of a difference could be made in this broken world if instead of putting all of our emphasis on truth, we began with love and let truth emerge from our love? When I look at the life of Jesus, this is what I see. He came here out of his love for us. He taught out of his love for his disciples, and those disciples would teach soon enough. He healed out of his love for the broken and the weary and the diseased. And he died because he loved us enough to give his life for our own. Paul says, these gifts that you have been given, each and every one of you, are for the purpose of equipping the church for building up the church so that you might experience the unity, being bound together that comes as you reach the standard that has been set by Jesus Christ. What I want you to hear this morning is that each of us has been given a gift to fulfill a purpose. There is no one here, no one who is watching at home, no one who is listening to these words right now that was not created for a purpose, blessed with a gift that has a place and fulfills a role within the church of Jesus Christ, within the kingdom of God. Every one of us plays a part. Our Christianity is not to be lived out just basking in the grace of God, waiting for whatever is next. One of the harmful theologies that it's out, that's out there, and you hear me talk about it from time to time, is that you get saved just for heaven. The idea that our goal is heaven, and I simply don't believe this. Our goal is Christ-like living. Our reward is heaven. Our goal is obedience to God's word, and our reward is eternal life. Our goal is recognition of and exercising of the gifts that Jesus has given us, and our reward is seeing the harvest come in for the glory of God. You see, absent our God-given purpose, the heart and mind of humankind is simply under the influence of the devil. You see, when someone is living under the influence of the devil, they begin to feel useless. And this is the lie the devil tells us. You are worthless. 
you have no value, you are a failure. And uselessness then creates a feeling of despair. It should surprise us, it shouldn't surprise us at all that we live in a world that's wrecked by the effects of depression and the weight of anxiety and the finality of suicide. Because when these things prevail, the enemy is winning and purpose is gone. So I challenge you this morning to engage with the gifts that God has given you. Engage with Jesus' gift for you. The natural result of seeking this out and growing in these areas is an increase in the maturity of our own walk with Jesus, but also, as Paul tells us today, it produces unity and growth within the body of Christ. Much like my family coming together, each person fulfilling a role, playing a part, completing their responsibility, the church is made up of of many different people. Each one of you has been given a gift by God, to put to work. In obedient response to what God does for us and in recognition that through that work, through that obedience, as Paul says, this will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord. Measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. You see, God does nothing by accident. God does nothing through chaos. Paul tells us that he makes the whole body fit together. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow. Sounds to me like that was a plan. So that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. This morning you may be sitting there and wondering, I have, I have no idea what my gift is. I have no clue. I've never thought about it. I've never looked into it. I've never talked about it. No one's ever said anything to me. I can assure you this, you have one. Because the scripture tells us that God has given gifts to the church, to each one of us. There is something in who you are and who God created you to be that is carrying a gift from God. God has equipped you for something special, and he has given you a unique purpose. What an awesome opportunity we have to respond to and to live in our gifts. I challenge you this week. I'm gonna give you some resources here in just a moment, but I wanna challenge you this week to really think about this, maybe spend a little bit of time investing in it, come and have a conversation with me, call, email, text me, Pastor Kevin, and think about what has God gifted me with and how can I put that to work for his kingdom? Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we thank you for the gifts that you have given us We are so richly blessed. But God, help us to understand and recognize today that these gifts that we have been given are not simply so that we can just enjoy them and and look at them and say, look what I've got, look what I've been blessed with, but we are called to put them into action and to work within the, the growth of your kingdom, the building up of your church. So God, help us to be obedient in that. 
Help us to respond to what you have done for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Before we finish this part of the service, I just want to share there's three resources here with you. I'm going to tell you quickly about each one. If you're interested, just write these web addresses down. The first one is called fivefoldministry.com. And fivefoldministry.com talks specifically about the apostles, priests, uh, preachers, evangelists, shepherds, and teachers, pastors, prophets, apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, and teachers. It is a free assessment. It'll take you about five, 10 minutes, kind of give you an idea of maybe where God has gifted you as it asks you some questions. The second one is 5Q Central. It does cost, I think, $8 to do, but it's a much more thorough examination of these gifts. And the last one is called churchgrowth.org. And there's a very clear spiritual gifts assessment right there on the page. I would urge you, if you have never done this before, I just want you to understand church. Church is not about the five or six employees that we pay. Okay? It's not about those of us that this is our job, this is our gig. Well, pastor, you have a spiritual gift because that's what you get paid to do. No, 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 no. Do we need to go back and look at the message again? (laughs) Ephesians 4, gifts given to the church. You are the church. We are the church. Some of us have gifts. I have gifts that you don't have. You have gifts that I don't have. And that's why all of us come together and we make this beautiful machine, just like my family. Now there's going to be problems, right? Sometimes there's going to be exasperation, maybe a little fighting, crying, occasionally some biting. I'm talking about the church, not my family. Uh, Sometimes things don't go perfectly but we're able to work together because God created us to work together. God gave us gifts. He gave you gifts so that we can all function as a unit. So I challenge you this week, check these things out. Invest in that and see maybe what what does God have for you as you respond in obedience to him in your life. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. Be sure and join us later this week for After Hours as we sit down and discuss this week's teaching. You can find more information about the ministries of New Philadelphia Nazarene by visiting us on the web at npnaz.org or by finding us on your favorite social media platform, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. God bless you. Have a wonderful week.